and welcome into episode number 13 of Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Glenn Clark Radio, Aaron Oster, Baltimore Sun, Rolling Stone with you. It's our uh, Elimination Chamber recap, and then I'm pretty sure it's about to be a Money in the Bank preview edition. It's it's unbelievable how quickly these things are. But you know what? Honestly, it's flowed a lot in more nicely than I expected. Uh, it has a flow to it. It's not perfect. I, I think it would have been better if there were, you know, three weeks instead of two right. weeks. But I expect it to be a complete and utter clusterfuck. And yeah. it's not quite a clusterfuck. Let's, let's, let's revisit that next week when we're previewing Money in the Bank and <laughs> see just exactly how excited we are for the fourth pay-per-view in three weeks. All right, uh, coming up a little bit later on in today's show, this is really cool, and you're going to have to remind me his name, and I apologize that I've already forgotten it. Graham, I know is his name. Graham Cawthon. Cawthon, thank you. Graham Cawthon is writing a book, and it's coming out this month, about the history of professional wrestling here in Baltimore, where we record the show. Um, and we know we got a lot of Baltimore listeners, and you know, Aaron's with the Baltimore Sun, and I do my show in Baltimore. So um, it's a really cool story, and even for those of you that aren't from Baltimore, whether you're from a surrounding area, or whether you're from elsewhere in the country, elsewhere in the world that's found the podcast, I think you'd be blown away by how much professional wrestling history exists here in Baltimore. And, and we won't just talk to him about Baltimore. He's ru- written a bunch of books. He wrote one about Madison Square Garden. He's ru- written some about just the history of pro wrestling. Yeah, you can general. talk about other things. I'm a Baltimore <laughs> You're guy. You're a Baltimore yeah, guy. So I'm we'll, talking we'll, we'll about talk Baltimore, We'll talk about a lot of different dick. things here. Yeah. But uh, it, it should be interesting. The fact that he went from Madison Square Garden to the Baltimore Arena is fascinating. It just shows the respect that – because he's not a Baltimore guy. No, he's from so, Virginia, right? So, you know – the fact that he even thought of Baltimore, the Baltimore Arena, as well, I, the I think that, one of the most important yeah. places in the country shows possibly, you know. Part of that also speaks to the fact that the Baltimore Arena is very old. Yes, it's or old and still active. Yeah, right? What's now known as the Royal Farms Arena, actually, in Baltimore. All right, so we'll talk to Graham Cawthon about that a little bit later on in today's show. We will, of course, uh, go over what happened on Raw this past week. Uh, we will finally, once again, do a top five things we like. It's been a few weeks. Um, we gave it time to breathe. We did some other top five lists, but this week we'll go back to just top five things that we like going on in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, this week, our main event, of course, brought to you by Wrestle Crate. And boy, I know, Aaron, you got yours, right? I'm, I'm wearing the shirt right now. That was that the one that was it. in the Wrestle Crate. Nice. absolutely fantastic. Nice. Well, Wrestle Crate is very cool. It's for the wrestling fan in your life. A subscription to Wrestle Crate is really the perfect gift. And I know there's still a lot of high school graduations coming up. And I'm sure that there's a lot of uh, people that are graduating from high school that you know that are wrestling fans. Every month, a surprise package of wrestling goodies will appear at their front door with new items from Mattel, Funko, Fathead, Tops, and many more. All starting at just $15 a month. Go to WrestleCrate.com to subscribe. Now, I have told you before, if you know someone who's headed off to college, there is nothing better than getting a care package at college. Things are difficult. You haven't seen your family, your friends for a little while. You're, you're struggling maybe a little bit to assimilate. And let's just tell the truth for a second. Can we pull back the curtain, Aaron? A lot of times, if the person you know in your life is a professional wrestling fan, they might be a bit awkward. A little bit. I mean, like, let's just, let's just tell the truth. It's possible that they're a bit awkward, and so it might be a more difficult process for them getting adjusted their first year of college. You know what would help? A nice care package showing up at the dorm every month with free goodies that they love. That's why you sign up for WrestleCrate. And making it better, you get a great discount if you use our code, Aaron. J.O. sent me. And for all of you who might think, okay, 
you know, this is just a sponsorship. We're just telling them what you want. I got my Wrestle Crate. I'm pretty sure month. you had signed up before they came on as yeah. a sponsor. I got my Wrestle Crate. It got this great shirt that I'm wearing right now. Uh, a Reservoir Dogs Luchador combination good. shirt. It's pretty good. Not only did I get a shirt, I got a cool Hulk Hogan action figure, one of the, the Mattel Elite brands. I got a signed picture of Abyss, which was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Signed picture of Abyss. What else did I get? Oh, I got a koozie that had the Macho Man, uh, Macho Man koozie. Oh, that's neat. I got, I got a Ring of Honor DVD with Kevin Steen in the main event. So yeah, you, you get all that stuff. It's in one crate. Just opening it, right? And wait, there's more for this month. Oh. I received word here. Jerry Lawler signed pictures. They won't be in everyone, but they will be in, in certain crates. Wow. Randomly selected crates. Wow. Jerry L- the King Lawler signed merchandise. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Get to WrestleCrate.com right now and uh, get a great gift for the wrestling fan in your life or maybe for yourself. Get yeah. a nice gift yeah. for yourself like Aaron got for himself. All right, um, the way that we wanted to start the show this week, the main event uh, uh, surrounds a couple of things. Notably, it surrounds Kevin Owens, who is currently the hottest performer in all of professional wrestling, and that has happened within the span of two weeks, frankly. But it it spans a couple other things. The big news this week is Kevin Owens, full-time, he's on the main roster, it's official, right? Like, Well, that... Could be the big news. Other big news could be that he beat John Cena. Well, okay, fine. There's that. But I think that that if we separate from the actual goings-on, what happened at certain events, the big news is that we understand Kevin Owens' deal now to say, this is according to Dave Meltzer, he's on the full-time roster. He's on the full-time roster, yeah. He's the guy. He's He's, not... He's traveling with the the main... He's he's appearing on SmackDown this week. This was not a one-off appearance to, to try to get people to sign up for the WWE Network. This was his bump to being a full-time participant on the WWE's main roster. Now, what that means is a bunch of stuff. We'll get to John Cena here in a second. (laughs) First of all, there's a question about what that means for his future with NXT. He's still the NXT champion. Right. Now, when you listen to this, perhaps we're already past Thursday night, and I don't know what happened on SmackDown because I didn't go read the spoilers this week because I try to do my best to not read spoilers which is weird because I don't really ever watch SmackDown all that much to begin with, so maybe I should just start reading the spoilers. Um, I mean, my guess is just, you know, kind of something to progress the storyline with Cena, saying like, oh, look, Cena, you can do a U.S. Open Challenge. I'm going to do an NXT Open Challenge. So he's got to win. Kind of to – if Cena's he, winning his challenges. Right. My, my guess is if he, if and when he's going to drop the belt, it's going to be at full sale. But it's that's, going that's to tough, be, though, because like if you do it at the next, what, you know, the next NXT pay-per-view, that's not until August. At the same time, if you're only working, you know, two, three days down there, I, I, I guess the question would be with those tour dates in Pittsburgh and Ohio they're doing, is he going to be on that? Is he going to be on the road with the main roster? What's he going to do? We They do do some crossover there where some of the main roster oh, guys you, but... end up in NXT for those shows. So I guess you could do that. But, I mean, it's not inconceivable that he... It, it, but like you said, you know, I, I brought this up with AJ, and AJ was quick to shoot me down. It is you mean, you mean AJ Francis, our our third co-host, not yes. AJ Lee, who, I, to my knowledge, still does not know we exist. I assume she doesn't. I mean, maybe I mean, she's I'd, I'd maybe like she's hope, one though. of our uh, listeners who subscribes on iTunes. Ah, there ah, we go. See what I did there? Ah, yeah. But um, you know, he, he was quick to shoot me down. It, it is a little bit awkward that he's working potentially full time both brands. Uh, especially, 
because he's feuding with like three guys well, down in NXT right now. Yeah, like that's, that's, that's one the of the issues, thing, right? Is, like, is that he's he's actively in a feud with Samoa Joe. Yeah. Who supposedly, if you want, which to, just launched. That's not yeah. like one that you can bury because right. it's been going on for well, a few and, months. And, they just started that. And one. if if you believe the dirt sheets, that he just signed a exclusive deal with WWE. Right. Like it's amazing how much is con- we, we've talked about him three weeks in a row now, and and we'll get a little bit more into that uh, later on, probably in the quick count about Samoa Joe. But you have Joe, yeah, Finn Balor as the number one contender. You know, Hideo Itami's probably not in the picture since he's out right now, but they were teasing a few well, between the two of them. And he just finished up with Sami Zayn. You know, just finished up with Sami Zayn. There's a lot going on in NXT, and then there's, you know, he's making everybody hate him up in WWE. So he's basically feuding with the entire roster right yeah, now. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of crazy. But So I, I, that'll be interesting to see where they go with that and, and how that relationship continues. I don't know what's best there. The timing is not great for the jump because, again, you have so much unfinished business. I think you can finish some of these other ones without giving people what they want. I think you can finish things with with Sami Zayn and finish things with Finn Balor. I, I think things with Sami Zayn are pretty. Yeah, pretty. You could go back to it, but he pretty much definitively killed him. Well, I think and the, he's and he's injured. So right. I think the big problem is the Samoa Joe thing. Samoa Joe thing, and the, is, and the Finn Balor thing. I think to some extent, because I, I think that if you're asking me right now, who's going to end up dethroning him? It's going to be Balor. Right, but I think that Balor is going to be at NXT for a little while. So true. you can yes, do a thing yeah. where he's the next champion, right. where you have a night where he faces Kevin Owens, and he right. you can do something along those lines. But there's a couple things that go into it. Now that he's on the main roster, do you really want him losing a match? Well, and, 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 that's, and that's one of the things about beating Cena. You just had him topple Superman. Why is Finn Balor supposed? Why are we supposed to expect Finn Balor can beat him? Right. Like that. Or even deserves to be in a ring with him. Right. I mean, like they just they beat John Cena, and right. you're gonna just throw, you're gonna have him drop the belt. Does it mean that he has to do a thing where he just sort of? Well, and, and I almost think that as a heel going into the you know. Looking at Kevin Owens' character, looking at him as a heel, and, and still continuing to try desperately to get over as a heel despite the fact that people want to love him because of who he is. That's the thing he would be to do is take the belt, spit on it, throw, maybe not spit on but, it. But, but he just did this to WWE. That's the problem. I, well, and, like, and that's he the problem just with talked all of about it. how important his belt was <laughs> right. in comparison so, so, to these. And that's why it's really – but that's what, where they might go is just he kind of looks at it. And he doesn't spit on it because that would bury the belt and bury the brand, but he just kind of looks like – you know what, guys? I'm on the main roster. Have fun with this. I mean, this. I guess, but he just sort of trashed the IC exact. belt, so I don't know. Yeah, that, that's been the whole problem. And the that's been the whole problem with him is they've elevated him so quickly that it's like, where do you go from here? Because you just let, – let's talk about the, the match and the finish. for The, the perfectly clean right. middle-of-the-ring finish. Over the past decade, since Cena has become Cena – I, I can list the people who have done that. Oh, yeah. The Rock. Right. Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. Triple H. Mm-hmm. Randy Orton. Batista. Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels. Wow. All Raw. Wow. And now, Kevin Owens. Huh, you, one of those names doesn't seem to fit necessarily You with have the put him in the same breath, in the same stratosphere. Every single one of those guys is, hall, is a Hall of Famer. Correct. So, you basically said, you are on that level. You are on the level of a Hall of Famer, which is, you know, kind of p- part of the problem of Cena as a whole is that, you know, there's not much you can do with him where that it's credible for someone to beat him. And when you do, what do you do with the person from here? So now, what you know, you've put Kevin Owens at the top of the card. He is right now, if, if, if you were looking at this from a kayfabe stance, right. he is the best wrestler on the planet. Um, 
You, you yeah. can make a case for okay. Rollins because he has the belt. belt. Right. But other than that, he is the best wrestler on the planet. I, I hear you, man. <laughs> I hear you. It's why the whole thing. Look, I think there's two things to be said here. One, we come from like a, I don't know about this uh, sort of angle. I think what the WWE could respond with, if we, if we had a WWE spokesperson sitting here, right? I think what they would say back was, but doesn't that make that so much more interesting? Aren't you now tuning in because you don't know what they're going to do with the NXT belt, what they're going to do with with, um, Finn Balor, what they're going to do with Samoa Joe, what he's going to do? Isn't that the the part of this? Well, yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Doesn't it make you more interested in tuning in on Monday night? And the answer is, yeah. Yeah. In theory, the answer is, and the the other thing they can respond with, well, you guys want a new star. Here is a new star in a big way. My problem is this. There's nowhere to go from here. There's no logical way to go from here. Because let's assume for a second. Let's assume what everyone wants to happen happens. And whether or not he wins that money, maybe he loses by disqualification. Maybe he loses by countout when he loses the advantage. And then he's just like, you know what? I proved myself two weeks ago. I don't think that would be a great heel move. And then, But eventually, he wins the feud with Cena. Let's just assume that happens for a second. Where do you go with Kevin Owens? I have no idea. There's one place you the, can go. The belt. You have him win the big belt. And I don't know they want to do that. I don't know. Well, if- you know, what's interesting about it is it does solve the conundrum if we're all leading up to Shield versus Shield versus Shield at SummerSlam. The problem that you have there is then what, what do you do with Brock Lesnar? Well, I, you, you can. I mean, all of a sudden you have something to do with Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam that would not be the belt. It would be relevant, it would matter, but it wouldn't so, be the belt. So fa- face Lesnar against Heel Owens? We all assume that Lesnar's coming back as a face, that you apparently he's coming back early enough that he right. could have a pay-per-view the match. Pay-per-view match, with- Rollins at Battleground. And Correct. Have, that's that's reasonable, but then, you know, that's not going to be a long feud. We assume that Lesnar's going to go away after SummerSlam. Presumably, yes. So, what, again, what do you do with Owens from there? You can't put him back in the mid-card. You can't make him go for the U.S. or Intercontinental titles because he's above that. Well, he spit on it. And he spit on it. He stomped on it. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. So you can't put him there. You can't, ha- you know, you could, I guess, have him feud with Reigns for a bit if Reigns is still a face by this point. We assume Reigns is going to be money in the bank guy. But, again, it... it all feels awkward because it almost feels like if he's not competing for the belt after he just beats John Cena, there's nowhere for he's him to go. He's taking a major step backwards. Yeah, he's right. taking a step Which backwards. I think is why his I care about NXT thing was so important. And it's why I don't know if there's a way that he can hold on to the NXT belt. Like, I think that was what made Kevin Owens' character so great to start his run. And that first night, for him to lay the, the – and this is what was supposed to be with Bray Wyatt. The problem is they buried Bray Wyatt to this point where you can't take him seriously at all. But the idea is to create more characters where wins and losses don't really matter because the WWE doesn't do a great job long, in longevity of protecting guys to make it so that wins and losses matter. So now you have more characters that you can have them lose, and yet it doesn't really matter. And but, I don't know if that's what you accomplished with Kevin Owens. Well, and, but, and here's the problem with Kevin Owens. If, if that was their goal, well, then they did it completely wrong. Right, because they should have had been, him lose to begin with. Well, not with, just right? that, but he's he's saying all that, you know. Like he said in his promo, he's like, I get the job done. You know, like I'm the role model because I get the job done. You know, down in NXT, I'm a prize fighter. I fight for money. So I'm, I'm going to fight for the belt because that's more money for me. You've made it so wins and losses completely matter for him. That's a good point. So if that's what they, you know, they're trying to make him a monster or whatever, they did it completely backwards. So that's not quite what they seem to be doing here. And I'm just, you know, I, I was excited as a one to see Kevin Owens come up. I was even excited to see him win. Just the fact that, oh, my God, that just happened. I can't believe that just happened. 
But very quickly I turned to, oh no, this is not going to be good because they're going to fall into that trap of Bray, where Bray Wyatt, you know, after going with Cena, even though he lost that feud, he didn't have anywhere to go. All right, now we need to get to the other part of this. I mean, the feud in yeah. itself. We need to get to the John Cena part of this. All right. Let me uh, set it up this way. I thought they did a nice job uh, on Monday night because I wasn't sure exactly how they were going to raise the stakes for the next one. I wasn't sure how they were going to segue from the match at Elimination Chamber to the match at Money in the Bank because so often it's just that, okay, you're getting a rematch and we don't change anything about it. At least on Monday night, I liked how he came up back. Kevin Owens got pissed that his son, you know, asked about Cena. He got annoyed at that. He brought that in. Uh, that was a nice wrinkle in it. I even liked the way, for the most part, the way Cena responded, and then at the end of the promo kind of turned it on, like, oh, yeah, you think you're the anti-Cena? Well, you're just like me, but, you know, you might be a little bit more bitter. I liked that. It changed the dynamics a little bit. And, uh, you know, again, both guys delivered it very well, and it seemed to, at least slightly, raise the stakes a little bit for their next encounter. Okay, now can I get to the part where I, I do my part? Yeah. This was the John Cena-ist promo of all of the John Cena promos. And what really disappointed me, and what I think I'm turning more towards, is there are now a group of smarks that have to prove how smarky they are. They've now turned on the anti-John Cena crowd. That now they've come full circle. And if you're anti-John Cena, it means you're a smark. And I'm better than being a smark, <laughs> so I'm anti-anti-John Cena. It's, uh, yes. I mean, I don't know how often the, we can The jerk. ultimate hipster here. I mean, it's, <laughs> it is unbelievable. I, like, look, I like jerking off, right? Like, I think we're all fans. <laughs> but I can only jerk myself off for so long. At some point, I actually have to, you know, go have sex with a woman, presumably my wife in, in my case. Uh, this is insane. Uh, this uh, is insane. That we, I noticed Smarks on Monday night saying that was the proof of why John Cena is so great. Well, John Cena was great. In the promo, he was great. As a performer, John Cena, yes. the, 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 the person, has always been great as a performer. There yes. has never been any debate. If there has been, it's been stupid. Right. There's never been any debate about John Cena, the performer. He's allowed. He plays this character. He, he does all the, of the things. The, the crowd eats out of his hand. Right. Here's the problem with it. The character is a hot piece of shit the character is one of the worst characters in the history and somehow when you try to have that conversation people just get really defensive about it i don't know how to explain it the people that don't like john cena get defensive when you bring it up i know you don't like john cena but you feel the need to talk about what a great we all know what a great performer is he's a good company man he goes and does the work all of those things puts on great matches too the character is crap because it doesn't make a lick of sense. Uh, Nothing. Listen to what John Cena says in a promo. And, and that's the problem. Sometimes it's hard. You know, like you, you get so engrossed by it that you don't actually listen that's to the, what That's the issue. He's loud. He's awfully loud. He's it, in it, your it's face. It's not just loud. It's, it's he is so charismatic. He is, you know, in the same way. You go back and you listen to a rock promo. Half of that time, that shit didn't make sense. No, you're right about that. Or, you know, what he said was just utter hot garbage, but the way he said it was so charismatic and that maybe, you bought into well, it. Well, but and, uh, part of the problem, he would also try to be funny. And John Cena's never really ever been funny. And like, when he tries, it's usually, hey, poo-poo, you know. Right. It's brutal. Right. It's brutal when they try right. to have John Cena be S funny. Serious Cena is always better than funny. Cena. Correct. Yeah. So The Rock could mask some of the fact that his was garbage by the fact that he would be funny, right? right. Like you would you would hear a rock joke and you'd say, okay, now as you've gotten a little bit older, you probably look back on it and say, I'm, I should be a bit ashamed of some of the things that right. I laughed at from The Rock. 
but he was funny. Uh, John Cena's not that guy. John Cena, if you actually listen, just doesn't make any effing sense at all. Zero. He meanders. It's it's literally as if he goes out there, he has no real plan for what the promo is going to be. He starts one way and he sees if it's working, and then he swerves all of a sudden and goes a different way. And and that's the funny thing about this promo because I think I, I disagree with your overall take that it was the Cenaist promo. Of I, I all think time. the only interesting part that he said was the part where I, he I said thought, you're just like me. I that was thought, the only interesting thing well, about the whole. But thing. I thought the whole promo for once it made sense for you know. No, it didn't. For him to talk about for him to talk about the kids. If 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 Kevin Owens is saying, John Cena, my kid likes you, but only because the WWE tells him to like you, then it makes sense to say, look. You know, this cancer kid here, he likes me because but, I inspire him. But that's the he problem. You, you end the ability for there to be a back and forth. You can't have Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens' character can be dark, but you can't have Kevin Owens' kid go over on a cancer kid. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you can't do that. Well, in this, so it, in this case, honestly, Cena needed to go over. Yeah, I don't... Cena needed to go over because... because no, because he started the wrong way. Well, that was the problem. The, the problem was the first few when he said... And, and this didn't make a lick of sense it, when, when you look at the whole thing. The, you don't deserve the title. It is the dumbest thing it, it I've no ever sense. heard of. It but, made no but sense. But in so many ways, it's so John Cena, which is, we might have John Cena lose, right? We might have it happen, but within 24 hours, it will be as if it never happened. I mean, and but, that was how this and, started. And, and that's not only – that's, you know, remember when Triple H was uh, – I understand. Uh, Triple H and Undertaker and I, all that I, nonsense. I get you, but it is right, this no, notion that what, whatever you saw doesn't but matter. I, I thought that was that was 90%. I was really close to a really, really good compelling pro. No. It was very close. No, you're, you're buying no. in way too much. No, 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 it no. It was no, way no. too much John Cena. It was really close. It was if you cut off the first thirty seconds of the promo. Well, that was the worst. Yes, but no, that's a good promo outside of the first thirty seconds. Eh, if, if you take I don't away, know if I can the, do that. Yeah, no, if you take but away, but this is the problem again. It's okay, okay, fine. A pitcher gave up twelve runs in the first, first inning. inning, but yeah, <laughs> after that, I mean, he really settled down and got you through the fifth, right? Right. You know, sure, he gave up twelve, <laughs> but he settled down. The, the majority of it was very good, right? No, it was why it, it was a piece of shit. Is what it was. <laughs> it was a terrible promo because it starts with this nonsensical garbage about you know you're not a man. Really, the guy he that just beat, beat you cleanly. What, what does that make you if exactly. he's not a man? <laughs> if that guy's not a man, if he's not a real champion, wait. For, and the, that was that was the one thing more more than more than the fact that it was just nonsensical logically. Just the fact that you know you may have beaten me, but you don't deserve the belt. What? Right. What? <laughs> First of all, what, why did it even make sense for him to come out and say, well, I was going to give you the belt. Why? You didn't have a championship match. You don't have to give him the belt. Right. Like, I'm Mr. I- so maybe you're playing the card, but I'm John Cena, and I'm so honorable that I think you're the better performer, so I'm going to just give you the belt. Well, then you just, well, then just do it. it. And you disrespected the belt if you're right. going to just hand it over. You know, we, I mean, we, did the, we did that with, uh, uh, you know, uh, DiBiase getting stripped of it for trying to give the belt to – or Andre trying to give the belt to DiBiase right. back in 88. We've been there, done that. You can't do that in wrestling. It just doesn't make any <laughs> sense. It's so stupid. But I, then, I, I did li- – I, like I said, I like 90% of the promo. So well, I, Okay, and this is, again you're trying to dismiss that and I can't possibly dismiss that. I'm not that. trying to dismiss that, it. I just don't think that is. To me, that, that is. is the promo. The promo is John Cena being John Cena. And this is the real problem I have with it. The promo is we always have to come back to the part of the show where we remind everyone that John Cena is the only thing that matters. And that's the issue that I have with the character. 
the, the truth is John Cena lost on Sunday night, right? Like you decided to book the match that mm-hmm. way. I don't know why you decided to do it, but you decided to do it that way. Now you have to develop your characters based on John Cena losing. That's the way that it goes. Right. Your character development has to be based on John Cena just lost to a guy that he had no business losing to. Correct. That's the, the development. And at least, you... at least in the past with Cena, when he's lost and tried to ignore it, it was at least somewhat logical because the guy always cheated to win. Right. This and so was... you could say, I'm still better than you because you had to cheat to beat me. This was not the case. Right. The guy just kicked your ass. Right. And yet you want it to not exist. You want it to be that, yes, but I'm still John Cena. This would have been a decent promo maybe two weeks ago when this all started. Right. When this all started, this could have been a logical promo. You're coming at me, John Cena? Yeah, you want to be John Cena. Right. You are John Cena. You signed to this company to try to be me. Correct. Now let me understand. I beat you. Right. What in the world You is... still suck. That's the problem. <laughs> and that's why it's such garbage. Because it's done after John Cena lost cleanly to Kevin Owens. Right. It was a great promo two weeks ago. It, was, it makes all the sense it, in the it world. It was almost like he came out and he was just like, he, he, you know, he went into set, you know, like robot Cena mode. Yeah. And then he realized it, you know, 45 seconds and it was like, oh, crap. I'm, I'm not supposed to cut that promo right now. I'm supposed to cut the other promo. I mean, it's <laughs> so bad. You I, cannot. I, like, honestly, I, I, but I feel like if, if WWE could magically edit out those first 45 well, seconds. I, mean, I hope that when they post it on the web, that is what they do. I mean, that's the best for them. But it uh, doesn't change the fact that it happened. And it doesn't change the way of thinking when it comes to John Cena. That at the end of the day, and I understand why, all of the, this entire company is built around what happens with John Cena has to matter the most. Because he's the guy that sells the most T-shirts. He sells the most T-shirts. He sells the most tickets. You that's that's know, the even people. Why you know, you, you look at people. Everyone in the business says John Cena is the top guy. I not get just it. the top guy. Probably the only guy in wrestling right now who actually sells tickets. Like legit, sells a ton of tickets. He's the only difference maker in the industry at this point. Yeah, that might be true. So you know, true. I you get it to an extent. To an extent, to yeah. an extent, I get it. But at the same time, then you can't book it the way that you booked it. Then you just have to have Ke- you can't either. You can't have Kevin Owens face John Cena, or you can't have him beat John Cena cleanly in the middle of the ring and then try to bury it as though it never happened. And, and you, you have to acknowledge. And again, all of these things. The first thing I thought of then was, oh my God, you have to come back to what he said in February. You have to go back to. Bring this full circle, and all of a sudden you're like, oh my god, this all makes sense. If they go back, they show Cena saying back in February, Triple H is trying to create this company down in NXT. He's breeding these people to replace me. You go back to that promo four months ago. And create some sort of self-doubt within John Cena. Not, some it, sort or of- or some so- something like that. You bring it all full circle, and then all of a sudden, wait a second, this is interesting. It's character development yeah. is what it's called. <laughs> right. It's, it's character development. It's John Cena acknowledging he had a fear about what was going on at NXT, and now his fears might be playing out in front of his eyes. Now can he prove that he's still the top guy in the company, or there are a group of young people that are coming up to be the future of the WWE? Done! Done. That's how you book it! And hopefully that's where they... Go to it. It's just no, they that. only have one more week before they face again. <laughs> well, again, I still th- i I hope this goes long. If, if they did this for a four week two match crappy build, well, then they're ridiculous. I mean, how many more pay per view matches can you have? You can have at least one. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just don't know. I don't know that I'm interested. I mean, I I still think that the the only logical finish to the match at Money in the Bank 
is some is is Owens either getting himself disqualified or walking away. Well, and, and the, those are the only two logical finishes. He just says he doesn't care. Yeah, he just says. You know, he, he gets it, and he, you know, after 15 minutes, Cena starts getting the advantage. He rolls out, grabs the mic. Why am I doing this? I don't have anything to prove to uh, you. Yeah, I, I beat you in you. the middle of the right. ring. I'll, I'll talk to you later, John. And then you try to get Cena to be angry at that point, and now he's pissed. Now he wants another match, like whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't. Look, I mean, you can't have Cena win cleanly. Are you sure? I mean, you can, <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm sure if you've been paying attention recently, there's an awful lot of that. All right, there you go. That's our main event. Is uh, again, I, look, I'm all in on on Kevin Owens. I'm all in. He's amazing. He's amazing. I just wish there was some actual character development that it mattered that Kevin Owens just, beat him I'm, cleanly. I'm, I'm so night. concerned what's going to happen from here because right. I don't know that they know how to book it from here. I think there might be truth to that, and, and how these other things uh, factor in. All right, coming up in our next segment, we'll go over everything else that happened at uh, the pay-per-view elimination chamber on Sunday night as well as what happened on Raw on Monday night as we start setting up for the next pay-per-view, which I believe happens in about 16 minutes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the, uh, the pace that they're on there in the WWE. We'll do that next. It is uh, Jobbing Out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, well, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen. Powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkinbaseball.com slash camps. Wrestling fans, it's time for Wrestle Crate. Wrestle Crate is a pro wrestling themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a t shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those t shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter at WrestleCrates and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. When people rob banks, they call it a crime. But when banks rob people, they call it a service charge. Like ATM fees. Try to take out 20 bucks and the thing says, there will be a $3 service charge. Still want your money? Yes, I want my money! If ATM service charges drive you crazy, you'll be glad to know that Royal Farms ATMs never charge a fee. Not one red cent. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. A banker credit card fee may apply. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. All right, I don't know about you guys, but when my car goes up, there's nothing in the world worse than having to pick up the phone and call my mother-in-law, who I love, and say... 
I ask you a favor? Could you come get me and take me to work? Oh, it's so uncomfortable. That's why I turned to First Choice Automotive in Joppa, 710 Pulaski Highway, 410-676-5552. Free towing with all repairs. Free loaner cars with major repairs. First Choice Automotive, fcautomotive.com. Make them your first choice when it comes to your vehicle. Segment number two, it is Jabbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster with you. And again, Aaron, last week we uh, made a big change in the way that people can go about getting the podcast. And, you know, I, I think people are still trying to figure this out. If you're still getting us through another way, through my website, just finding us via social media, all we're asking you to do is click one button. Yep, go, go to iTunes, subscribe, download. On iTunes, you can get on your phone, you can listen to it on your commute instead of have to wait to listen to it in the office or something. It's on iTunes, jobbing out. Uh, right now, there's the most recent three episodes up, or re- recent four now, with this one going up. So you can listen to all that. Eventually, we'll get the rest of them up there. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and if you don't mind, uh, you know, click uh, click on the uh, the rating, please. Yeah. You know, just uh, some stars. And even if you know someone who's not into wrestling, ask them if they wouldn't mind clicking subscribe. Because it just helps us as we try to get a little bit more, um, uh, a little more traction. Yeah, and and uh, I'm trying to explain this. You know how you would walk into like a, a a record store and there'd be some CDs that would be up front, and you always wondered like, hey, how did those CDs get to be the ones that were featured up front? Well, we wouldn't mind being the CDs that are featured up front every now and then. We right. wouldn't mind a little bit more uh, permanence in in the storefront. And it would help us if we had a few more subscriptions and a few more stars, a few more likes. So if you don't mind doing Plus that. Plus you help us and then more people want to be on this. So it helps you because you get to hear more interesting interviews as we go There's along. no doubt about that. No doubt about that. All right. So last Monday night is the name of our second segment. And in this segment, we go over what happened on Raw. Now, of course, this week we had another pay-per-view, so it kind of combines both of those things. It's more like last Sunday and Monday night. We've handled John Cena and Kevin Owens stuff. Let's talk now about the guy that wouldn't go away on Monday night, the guy that popped up in every segment, it seemed like, that, of course, being Roman Reigns. I'm so befuddled, man. Why why are you befuddled? I'm befuddled by why he was so involved with the Ambrose-Rollins match leading up to to Elimination Chamber and then sort of tossed into this entirely... I I don't understand what's going on here. You're just trying to sell me on the idea these guys are friends. Hey, they really like each other. They're supporting each other. There's there's something going on. Well, there has to be something going on. But what, what, what made sense was... You have Reigns turn on um, Ambrose at Elimination Chamber, and you know whatever he, you know. He's now a tweener. He's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's not with Rollins. Right. He's just not with Ambrose. He, and they all three have their own identities. And, and and that would make perfect sense. Here's the funny wrinkle in it: he's getting cheers again. He's he's slowly winning the crowds over again. That you know on Raw, every time he came out, he was getting the biggest pop of the night. And as much as I think that that could work, it makes sense, and it's the only logical reason why these guys are suddenly best friends again when they haven't interacted in a year, that they're suddenly best friends, is, is to turn on them. But it's almost worth, you know, it, it's four months too late, but what they were trying to do back in the winter right. finally seems to be working. He seems more seems more comfortable on the microphone now that he's not trying to do the jolly G. Willikers, G. Willikers 
you know, suffer and succotash stuff. He, he seems to be more comfortable on the mic. It's getting over. It's getting across. And he almost makes sense as the Money in the Bank winner, which it seems like that's where this is going. But at the same time, it also seems like it would make logical sense to turn him heel. I don't know. They, they're definitely putting it up in the air right now. Yeah, that's, my, that's, why I'm, that's why I find myself befuddled by it. That Look, on, on Monday night, he wrestles three matches. That's a perfect babyface thing to do. Stack yes. the odds against him. But, you know, so he beat Wade Barrett. Well, everyone's beaten Wade Barrett ever since he became king of the ring. Correct. Um, at this point, frankly, everybody beats Bray Wyatt. Yeah, and Mark Henry. <laughs> yeah, and Mark Henry, who's shown up twice now. And showed up out of nowhere on Sunday night to be part of the elimination chamber. And to... To the general um, disinterest of the entire right. crowd that Mark Henry was there. I, I just don't understand. I just don't really know I, what... Are, are you trying to completely reboot him to do this again? Like, are you trying to make this again so that by WrestleMania next year, Roman Reigns is the top face in the company? That, you know, you feel like, okay, we know what happened last time. It wasn't so much that people hated Roman Reigns as much as it was they hated that it wasn't Daniel Bryan. And so they turned on Roman Reigns because of that. Well, now with Daniel Bryan out of the picture, we can just go back to having Roman Reigns being a face. We, 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 put him, we butt him up again with Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose is clearly a very likable, hot right. guy at the moment, so that's going to give him some sort of rub. And we begin the fall of Reigns to set up for him to become the top face in the company again by next spring, which is what we wanted him to do this spring. Is that the plan here? I mean, what it almost feels like to me is they are just covering all their bases here. They are partnering him with Ambrose to make him a face, you know, to try to get more of a boost, which seems to be working. If for whatever reason that doesn't work, well, you know what, we have a plan. Instead of last time where we were putting all our eggs in the Roman Reigns as a face and he's going to be the conquering hero basket, we're going to set ourselves up here. We're going to give ourselves a safety net, which is turning on Ambrose. Let's say he wins Money in the Bank and maybe for whatever reason, maybe these crowds are cheering for him now because he wasn't in the main event picture. He's not around the title. So he's non-threatening. He's non-threatening. But then once he wins Money in the Bank, they turn on him again. Okay, well, what we're going to do now, we're going to have Ambrose win the title and have Reigns cash on him immediately. We're going to pull uh, the when CM Punk won the Money in the Bank for the second time. Right. And he cashed it on Jeff Hardy after Jeff Hardy beat Edge. And he went into that, you know, tweener role for two months before fully becoming heel. Okay, maybe we do that with Roman Reigns. We are setting ourselves up here. We are giving ourselves protection, which is good foresight by them. They should have done that before. I guess. I mean, I... I, ugh. I mean, I guess the other question is who... I, You know, they realize they don't have a lot of options here with money in the bank. You know, I had been campaigning for Ambrose to win it. I thought it would be logical for Ambrose to win it. Well, Ambrose isn't winning it if he's in the match with Correct. Seth Rollins. Right. So outside of that, okay, Reigns makes sense. Reigns makes sense anyways. He was go- always going to be one of the But isn't it difficult to have your Money in the Bank guy be the yeah. guy that just had the ch- opportunity to headline WrestleMania? Um, isn't Money in the Bank been – I know that they gave it to Cena a couple years ago, and that was kind of comical – but hasn't it traditionally been more guys that are up and coming? This is your one big chance. You might yeah, not have not another re- chance. Not really. really? You, you look at, I mean, Randy Orton won it uh, two years ago. Okay. You, so you know, Dan- Daniel Bryan was, that was, people mm. thought that he should, he didn't, he, no, I'm not talking about when he actually won it. I'm talking about that specific ladder match. Like, ever since they went back to one title, the, you know, over the past two years, it's been filled because you, you're not going to put, you know, random people who are on their way up because they have to be people who can well, win I, the I title. The, but the I next think year. I understand that. But the storyline works better for guys that are right on the fringe. Oh, it, it works that, better for guys that are on the fringe. It also works better for heels. So right now that makes it a little bit awkward. But if if you're telling me that 
let's say right now he ca- he he wins it and he starts doing the remember what Daniel Bryan before he cashed it in he was saying I'm going to hold this till WrestleMania right. I'm going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. Well, okay, maybe maybe he does that. If if he's still over as a face, maybe you just have him hold on. It's just it's a safety net for him more than anything else. And there's nobody else. There are very few people in the company who I can say. Okay, you're going to win Money in the Bank. You're definitely going to be the champion in the next year. That was one yeah. of the reasons I was so surprised by Seth Rollins winning it last year because they weren't going to pull a Damian Sandow with him and have him lose it. They were going to make him win, and that showed him, okay, they are 100% on board with this guy. Right now, you know, you can make a case for Bray Wyatt saying, okay, Bray Wyatt can be champion here. Can you? Well, I'm just saying, like, well, okay, and if you I mean, take out I, him, yeah, if right? you take out him, who are you saying is going to be champion, you know? Randy Orton, okay, yeah. Good, yeah the problem why? is your mid card is mostly veterans. That you're dealing with a a group of guys in the mid card who have you know the Dolph Ziggler's of the world, the right. Miz's of the world. That like it's just not necessarily believable. I think it'd be a great reboot for Miz oh, to I, be that guy. You, you know, I mean, I'm a Miz guy. So, I know, but yeah. I think that'd be. I think you're you're really stuck here with the Miz. Where right. boy, didn't they handle that Miz Cesaro thing so well? Or not, sorry, Miz Sandow thing so well. That was just brilliant. Both yep. those guys have really benefited greatly from how that was yep. handled. Christ. And yet, Miss still comes out and cuts some of the better promos of the night, despite the fact that he I, I, might get punched in the face by Big Show. Yeah, he never, never gets into a match. I hear yeah. you. What I'm saying though is that it could be a good reboot for Miz to put him in there. And but he's not in the, the match right now, is he? I, he's not. Yeah. Well, the six guys that are in the match right now are Reigns, Ziggler. Okay, again, Ziggler. You can make the case for, but but sure. How many times are we going to do this? With and, Ziggler? and again, you. you I, I just I'm against in general putting it on a face, right? Which which kind of counters the reins thing, but again I feel that's more of a safety net than anything. Kofi, he's there, who's there only because it's a ladder match and because he can do high flying spots, yes. and so you want him in a ladder match. Plus, any time the new day can get involved with it, it I, I imagine that well, will, I, will be some fun spots there where sure, all three of them absolutely. come up. Absolutely, I can see Z- that. Xavier will definitely climb, but he's the not in there to win point. it, no. right? Uh, Orton again. What do you stand to gain from having Orton win? Right. Money in the bank. Seamus, you could. Well, if you're trying to make he, him a monster heel, yeah, he, he would be the same. But again, like Seamus just lost after cheating in the elimination chamber. Seamus, why does he deserve to be in this match? It's a great question, and nobody's <laughs> ever going to address. And right. they only have two weeks, so they don't really have to bury it no. for that long. No. And Neville, who you know, like it's a neat idea, but it would be cool. But yeah. Neville's not going to be champion in the yeah, next year. Yeah, Neville's not in next that. year. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, possibly. Right, possibly, but, but not there. You know, as I mean, of right you, know, you know who would make sense for? Kevin Owens. Make a lot of sense for Kevin Owens, but it'd be a step back at this point. Well, no. I mean, <laughs> Money in the Bank's not a step back. Period. I don't know, man. No. When you're beating John Cena cleanly in your first match. No, I, I think- mean, Money, Money in the Bank is, I mean, you could make a case Money in the Bank is the second most prestigious title in the company. Ah, because you're presumed to be the next champion. Yeah. Right, I hear what you're saying. So, I mean, that's who it would make sense for, or Samoa Joe, but you're not going to have Owens and Joe in the rocket booster, uh, you know, push right away. Well, so. but is this what we're really – is the problem what we're really finding right now is that the group of guys a year ago who were supposed to be your next stars – Haven't taken that stuff. Adam Rose, Bo Dallas, Xavier Woods. They were the guys that came up in 2014, right? right? Now, before that, you, had a, you did a great job of promoting superstars in The Shield, right? You right. created three guys that were stars in The Shield. You have kind of a star in Bray Wyatt, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you certainly have a lot of people that are interested in putting their cell phones up when he comes out. I yes. don't really know how many people are actually into Bray Wyatt at this point, but whatever. It, he's somebody. If he won a, money in the bank, it would get people. He's buzzing. a viable star, but right. that group of guys that came after that. Then this is the way it should be. That you you get. You're talking about Neville this way. That you get a full year removed. Can you put yourself into that picture? Right. Well, the group of guys they brought up. 
The only one you could have made an argument for would have been Rusev. Rusev right. was the only one of that group and, of guys. And he was another guy who I was saying yeah, would if, make sense. If if he hadn't gotten hurt, right. then it could have been a logical place to put yeah. him. And I actually think that he would be a great money in the uh, bank holder. And, and the other problem with that, you know, you talk about that group from 2012 to 2013, really, that that was good, the Y, it's the Shield. It's the the group before that, too, the guys who you were always waiting to take the, the next step, the Cody Rhodes, yeah. you know, of the world. They never took that next step. Well, you know, not all always their fault. Sometimes it was just the terrible booking. But you have, you know, you just have this gap right now where there's the main eventers and then there's the mid card. You don't have an upper well, mid card anymore. Right. This is the place where a guy like Cesaro should be living. Yes, but he's not. You couldn't make him a viable money in the bank holder, which is a shame because a you know year what? ago, Cesaro, you almost could. No, nah, I don't if, think if you right wasn't now you so could. heavily invest in the tag. That's the problem. Right the now. problem is right now. I don't think you could. Right now, he's. You think of Cesaro as part of Cesaro and Kid, which which is fine. Well, I'm fine with that. I like that. Yeah. I like Cesaro and Kid, but that's the problem. The problem right. is he's a guy that would logically fit here as, you know, shouldn't he have been reaching the point of his career now right. where he was ready to become a champion? And he just hasn't reached that point for whatever reason. And look, th- this is what happened to Damian Sandow. Damian Sandow should have been that guy. And for whatever reason, they just they didn't buy in on Damian Sandow being a guy that could do it. Now, it also happened to come at the same time where they combined the titles, right. and so it took away the ability for him to win the lesser title. Which is what they could put a lot of these. They could give a lot of these guys the secondary title, and you know they they cashed in. They cashed in the money in the bank, but they didn't get the world heavy, the uh, WWE heavy. Championship I mean, one out of the of problems it. is that we're you know we we see these logical storylines. You know, like the Shield at WrestleMania. Like that's a logical thing to happen between now and WrestleMania. That there's almost no place for a brand new guy to just jump in and enter the fray, hmm. because you yeah. know if if they have to win in a year. Somehow you have to get them to enter the fray, and if you're going to be dealing with Rollins and Ambrose and Reigns and Lesnar and Cena for for the next you know seven months, well, that's all of a sudden you're cutting into your chances here to uh, have him cash in. So it almost makes more sense if there is a guy like Roman Reigns who's in it, but could use that little push, that logical reason. Okay, why are you getting this shot? Well, I have money in the bank now. Right, right. That it makes sense for him to be there. Because you don't have to nonsensically put somebody in there just for a swerve. We'll make our picks next week. We'll make our picks next week. We have not made an official pick as of yet. Uh, Let's touch on some of the other things that happened on Raw. First of all, I don't know why anybody was down on the Sonic commercials. I'm all in. Here's what I've accepted about. Well, here's why I was down. Because it was half with the meta powers. Yeah, I hate the mega powers. But I'll say this. The the bit has to be that, that Sandow does a terrible... Macho Man impression, right? That has to be the bit. If, if not, they found the one guy in, com- in the company who saying. can't do a Macho they Man. They couldn't continue with it if that wasn't supposed to be the bit. The bit's got to be, he's doing this awful, purposely doing this I awful hope so. Macho I, Man I impression. really hope that's what it is. I, got, I have to think that's what it is. Because otherwise, they're just well, I can't, completely spinning. I, I know that I don't trust a lot of things they do, but I cannot fathom they would just continue it for the sake of continuing, allowing him to do such an awful impression. Right. Um, I think it's got to be the bit is look what a terrible impression this is to make them less likable. I think the real question becomes, is this what you're doing with these guys? And if it is, then do something with them. You know, it's co- stupid, comedy, but do it. Comedy acts right. work. But, I, don't, I don't mind. But them. it shouldn't just be during Sonic commercials. Right. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, they should get matches. I mean, they the, the, the get... problem is that you almost have the, the New Day as kind of a pseudo-comedy. They're not it really... It is part of the issue, I think. Yeah, I mean, you almost have too much comedy in there right now, and you can't also throw... It, it's a hard to find a place... For the meta powers, Let, let's rewind for a second. Okay. There, there was another thing from Payback that we didn't really touch on, and that's from, the you mean from the Elimination Chamber. Uh, I, they're all the same. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> that's the smartest thing you've said yet, Aaron. 
<laughs> they're all blurring right. to, to one another. Right. Okay, let, let's talk about the ending of Elimination Chamber. Okay. I, I, no, I the think dusty finish. Right. The dusty finish. We haven't had an effective dusty finish in quite a while. You know, you had the Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton thing from whatever that paper, uh, the, I think it was the October pay-per-view where uh, – Brian pinned Orton at the same time as his shoulders were on the mat. Well, but that was when they were drop. doing that like entire fall of we don't want to give Brian the championship. Right, exactly. Like where that was that was a dusty more... finish you saw a mile away. Well, but it wasn't. If that had been the only thing they had done during that pattern, maybe it would have been worked. The problem is they were doing everything yeah, you know, to keep the title away from Daniel Bryan. We'll give it to him for a night, but take it away from him the next. You know, like yeah. well, now tonight we're going to give it to him and then. <laughs> Cash and money in the bank. Like right. Everything right. was done with the idea of Daniel Bryan can't be champion. I thought this was beautifully done. I thought it was a really nicely done Dusty finish in a good spot for it. Because, you know, we all went in and we're like, Seth Rollins is winning. Seth Rollins is winning. Seth Rollins is winning. Right. There's going to be no doubt Seth Rollins right. is winning this match. And even though everybody realized immediately what was happening, the one, two, you know, as soon as he was pinned, I don't think anybody believed that, oh, Ambrose actually is keeping the title here. I think everyone had seen, you know, when the ref got pushed, I was like, oh, okay, this is what's coming up here. But it was just perfectly done, and it added that wrinkle to the match that made it, you know, an un- we talked about unpredictability a little bit last week and just trying to, what's the, you know, big moment we can have to try to keep some of the subscribers. I thought it was just a well-executed Dusty finish there. I think it was, uh, to call it well-executed, fine. I think there's a couple things that come out of it that I don't like. Y- your faces aren't supposed to be the guys that are stealing the belts. Well, I'm, I'm just talking about the finish itself, not the. Right, but you, you can I, complain I, about I, that. No, no, no. I think it all goes into the conversation, right? If you're going to do it, you have to fully execute it, right? Right. The reason why it works is because Seth Rollins is supposed to be a weasel and it allows him to be a weasel, Correct. right? That's Correct. that's fine. Then let him be the weasel. But you kind of didn't even address it come Monday, right? You, like, it was, come it Monday, was, he again, sold the title and then blackmailed his way. That, into that's the it. Title shot. There was yeah. no conversation about the fact that Seth Rollins had purposely cheated. To save himself. The other thing that I have a problem with is, it, and these are the types of things that WWE never likes to close up the gaps on. Why wouldn't every champion of all time always get himself well, that, disqualified? That's, that's at the start wrestling. Of a match? I mean, that, that's from the beginning of wrestling. I, but it's no, why I don't. It's, no, 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 Aaron, no, 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 I, no, no, no. I have every you, right to not like. No, that. no, 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 no. I mean, if you if you start going into that, then you just you you got to rewrite wrestling. Then you're right. No champion should ever defend his title. Correct. Okay. Well, then. What, what's the solution? Are you saying that uh, titles can change in on disqualification? Yes. Okay. That's the way I've always thought it should be. Okay. I, I don't like... Well, I mean, that, that's a fundamental flaw of wrestling. Correct. It's, it's and I don't... from the dawn of time. Okay, but it's such a simple thing. Well, but you're not going to change something from that's been going on since the dawn of time. I mean, time. you it's certainly could. Wrestling. They've changed plenty of things. <laughs> Boy, how many times they changed the rules for how you can win a uh, cage match, Aaron? <laughs> Fact. I'm pretty sure at this point you can win a cage match just by being the best looking, right? Like they walk I in, mean, that, that's pretty much they, how they decide they, who wins matches anyways, That is right? a good point, right? <laughs> Next week they're going to have a beer drinking uh, contest inside the cage. Well, to be inside a cage, though... I mean, come on. They change shit all the time, Aaron. But, I mean, that's just such a – it's a staple. It's become – That's fine. It's the, it's the champion's advantage there. Plus, it's it's great to do it because I, I like – I, I don't know. No, because it, it adds the, the weasely factor into right, it. I hear you, but then you've got to really play up the weasel. And oh, they, they just didn't. Well, okay, Monday. but I'm, I'm saying that it's the – you know, if, if Seth Rollins has to beat everybody cleanly every time, then he's not a weaselly heel anymore. 
Um, okay, th- then then fine, then do it the other way. But on Monday, acknowledge oh, okay, that he's yeah, a weasel. No, I, I agree. I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about on, the moment. On Monday, the moment, the on match Monday, was Seth good. had to be the hero, right? On Monday, yeah, Seth that the was guy. weird. Are, are they are they turning him face soon? I don't. They're know. they're planting the seeds there. Okay, then the only way you can do that is by having him switch with Roman Reigns. That's the only way you can make that work. Yeah. By by literally by by the authority. The two, right? Yeah, and and, and you that's have, you know again. One of the reasons you have him in, with the money in the bank briefcase, so you have that option. There. I hear you, and I'm not saying that isn't a viable option, but um, that's the only way that one works to me. But this is the pro- on Monday. You have him do this weaselly thing on Sunday. This goes back to the the, the Kevin Owens John Cena thing. What happened on Sunday already didn't matter on Monday. On Monday, yep. yep. Twenty four hours later, it didn't matter. Then why'd you do the dusty finish? Right. If you weren't going to sell the fact, if the development just wasn't have going him, to be, have him cheat and have you know have him have him you know Kane distract him, do, right, do, a, do a more whatever that way, and then have him steal the title. But if you're going to go this right, route, then you right. have to play up the fact that he's a weasel. You have to go down that road. On Monday, it has to be all about look how smart Seth Rollins was, look how you know much he protected the title, and go what it's just a sleaze ball that guy is. Yeah. But you didn't do that. Nope. Instead, on Monday, Seth had to come out and be the hero. It just makes no effing sense whatsoever. None. Yeah, right. And so, I, you're right. It, the finish itself was fine, but it's only as good as what you go with it from there. I mean, yeah. you got to do something I was looking at it in that. the bubble. But yeah. I, I just, oh, it drives me nuts. All right. Um, let go back to the tag titles. Tag titles. Uh, primetime players have looked. Look great. I, 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 made the best, the, I told you for some time I think Titus O'Neil is a star, and the, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, just the, the past to you know the show the pay-per-view and raw the tag team has looked better than they ever looked Titus O'Neil has looked better than they ever looked and it's mind-boggling that WWE hasn't figured out a way to use Titus O'Neil cuz he looked every bit the superstar that they are desperate for guy with personality great physique it looks like great, a truck right it looks looks like a truck he can the way he was just tossing around the new day guys just like they weren't even really suplexes he had crossover appeal because he was a football player yeah. and, a, and a, he's at a, a high level he's, football he's a player. real athlete he seems to be everything they want and the fact that he, they I'm, weren't able to use him as a single star is crazy but at least it seems like you know i don't think they're going to beat the new day necessarily in the next couple months because the new day is too hot right now but if you told me in september they're the guys to eventually dethrone the new day i, I can buy it right i don't now. know if i can stomach it taking that long i don't well, know if SummerSlam. SummerSlam. okay SummerSlam maybe SummerSlam. yeah i can hear that i i think it does really bother me though look i try not to to go down the road we, we had cedric alexander on a few months ago and he or a few weeks ago, whatever it was, a month ago. That, How many that, of these things that, have we that, done? That the final uh, five guys in the Elimination Chamber were all black? Well, I think it's part of that, but also, isn't Titus O'Neil proof that there's a problem with how you write? How is Titus O'Neil not a guy that's in... The only guy that's going to be in uh, Money in the Bank that's that's black is a guy that's in there to be, you know, a, 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 that has no chance of winning. He's a guy that you're putting in there, frankly, kind of as a token. Not token because he's black, but token because he can do these high-flying spots. Yeah, him and Neville are there to, fl- to right. fly around. Correct. He's not there because he legitimately has a chance of winning because you think you can actually have somebody that's African-American pursuing the championship. I, Titus O'Neil to me is the frustration here. You've got your guy. Titus O'Neil is a superstar. That guy has everything. And yet, not only is he not in the championship picture, he's never sniffed. The championship picture. He, he never sniffed a win as a singles competitor. Correct. And that, to me, sort of goes back to what Cedric Alexander is talking about, which is it, it, once upon a time. Do you remember um, 
you know, we're sports guys, and we're, we certainly both work in sports radio. Uh, Chris Russo, the Mad Dog. Yeah. Um, somebody called into his show and said, why aren't there any black hosts? And he essentially attempted to say, well, well, who would do it? I don't have anybody that's qualified. And it was absurd. Right. Like, it was an absurd response. The answer could be, well, we've got – we like the guys that we have. You know, we just don't – right now, we don't have room for another host. Well, instead, he you know, he screamed about how he you – know, there's, there's nobody that's qualified. And, like, within a, a, the wink of an eye, had hired Stephen A. Smith to do a show on his station. Right. Um, to me, when if you press the WWE in, why is it? Why is it that right now there really aren't African-Americans at the top of the card? You every now and then bring back Mark Henry and put him somewhere near the top of the card to sort of make it look like he is – and I know that, that technically, you know, Roman Reigns is not a white guy, so in, it's not as if you have no diversity at the top of the car, but card, but tell me why it is. I don't know what they would say back to you. I don't know what their defense of it would be. But if the defense was, we just don't feel like we have the guy, horseshit. Titus O'Neil is the guy. Titus O'Neil is the goods, man. He and, is and, everything. And, I, and you can make an argument that Big E should have been the goods. You know, like you can he, make an he argument. He doesn't have nearly as much as Percy. He doesn't Titus, have nearly the charisma. I agree. Yeah. Titus O'Neil is everything. Yeah, he's incredibly O'Neil. smart. You know what I mean? Like right. he was a part of one of the most famous he fraternities. Just, he just won Celebrity Dad of the Year. Correct. So as far as the, you know, you want to get him out there for PR. Likeability factor. Yeah. He's got everything you yeah. could ask for. Yeah. There's, I, 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 every time he comes out, I say, oh, my God, I forget how much I enjoy this dude's work. Yeah. I really enjoy Remember this Pancakes dude's work. Patterson? Pancakes Patterson. No. Oh, for, for one Raw, he comes out, and I don't even know why he did He probably was just, you know, they gave him time, and he was just like, he wore a wig, and he's like, my name's Pancakes Paris. I just said the most ridiculous things. He just came out to the ring okay. one day like that, and it was amazing. It was the greatest segment of all time. I don't remember it. Oh, it was fantastic. You, I don't you know need to go, I don't, okay, go find it on up, YouTube. Right, yeah, it was yeah. just the most ridiculous thing of all time, and it was fantastic. Yeah. I, dude, this guy is a star, man, and it, it just... I, I hate being so cynical. I don't want to be cynical. I wish this wasn't a problem. There's really no excuse for the fact that it is a problem, right? Yeah. But watching him really <laughs> frustrates you that, like, dude, R-Truth is great. I've said that before. The way that we have uh, desecrated R-Truth is bogus because that guy has been a tremendous performer for a long time. This guy's that much better. Oh, I mean, Tyson O'Neill is everything that the WWE Th- This want. is a star. I mean, to, to be, you know... This isn't a defense of it at all, at least at this very moment. At you know, him and Darren Young have that natural charisma. So I, if you I, want I it, it in, in the tag division, right. I get that. It's hard to complain about what they're doing with him right now because it's working. It's working right? and it's, working. it's entertaining. And, and, and frankly, as I said before, I think that what's what's lost here is that they really are ma- – it's a seminal moment for – um, gay performance again gay. When, when he wins the title that'll be the but it's moment. it's seminal just that we're they're not doing it they're not doing it. you're right that they're just letting him go be a performer they're, they're not having him be Orlando Jordan correct the TNA bisexual who has this, caution can, tape all over him and stuff he can just yes. be a goddamn performer yeah. and I do think that's important that you have the right guy working with him in that process and Titus is the right guy for anything to me right yeah. now Titus and, is great but it still goes back to my frustration that. Here you have this huge sort of thing that we're kind of all agreeing not to talk about at the top of the card. Like, everybody's just sort of agreed that despite the fact that it's been since Booker T, since you've had a legitimate African-American at the top of your card with regularity. Okay, I was going to say Mark Henry, but yeah. He was there for a moment. Well, he and he did have the, the world heavyweight title for a while. Yeah, but it while. was for a – I mean, it was fleeting. It, it was, yeah, it was for six he months. He was a placeholder. Right. And it wasn't like when he didn't have it, he was chasing I mean, the, it. He was always at the top. And, of the and here's if you're ask, if you're saying why aren't they pushing Titus O'Neil? I can't figure it out. There's one legitimate semi 
legitimate argument you can make. And that's his age at this point. That's fine, but doesn't that make it more important to do right. it now? Right, and, and that's the thing. It's like you, you want to see something out of it because right. you don't know how much he's going to have. But if you, if you wanted to – if they turned around and told me, okay, well, we weren't sure about him because you know, we don't want to invest that much into him when he's going to potentially be gone in two years, I can buy that and – then put him, you know. Then get get the titles, the tag titles on him as much as you can. Get get us more. Do get him on TV. You can out of the guy. Yeah. Get 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 him on TV more. I don't care how. At this point, I'd like to see him as a world champion. He's great. He's fantastic. If you just had him on TV as a regular occurrence and we got to see Titus O'Neil, I'd at least be relatively so, happy. I'd with so that. be in on it. I'd so be in on it. And it also it just makes you really resentful for how the last few years have gone. Right. And how they have totally misused him. Right. Um, anyway, New Day keeps titles. We thought that was going to be the case. Um, I, I, I like them all uh, packed into the cell. That that whole match was booked very oddly it was, because it, it was not good. It was it what? No, it wasn't good. But and the IC match was not good either. No, but um, at least the first, this you could say the second half of the tag tag match was pretty decent. But the first half it was so weird because you expect so so the Ascension and the Lucha Dragons start off and you expect okay what they're going to do here they're going to have the Lucha Dragons fly everywhere try to get the crowd right. involved. Totally logical booking there. And then they just completely crown the Lucha Dragons. Every time they go up, they have someone pull them down into yep. the cell. They have them do that weird spot that reminded me of the, the first TNA impact on Monday. Do you, do you remember that where they had the, the I can't even remember, uh, the, the uh, Steel Asylum match, they called uh, it. I do kind of remember. And they had yeah. Homicide <laughs> going up, upside down towards the top of the cell, and he couldn't move at all. You know, they did that spot with Kalisto, and it made no sense yep. at all. Yep. And it was just the ugliest, choppiest start ever. Eventually, they, they cleared out the chaff. They had the, the final four teams in, and it started to resemble a pretty decent match. And they had a pretty decent match. And Titus looked great. Darren looked great. Uh, you know, the New Day looked great, with you know, even while they were cheating. Yep. Um, so, you know. And that well, was, and, they and, look great for who they are. Yeah. And, and their characters, and, yes. and the New Day, uh, you know, retained. Which makes but all the it, sense in the world. But th- that beginning of the match... I feel like it almost took the entire show out of it because you were expecting the Lutras to fly off the cell yeah, and they wouldn't let them do that. It made no sense. All right, we got to fly through the rest of this All segment right. because I'm taking too long. Uh, when do you want to give me credit for my... Uh, I, was, I was going to say, uh, I, I can't believe you didn't put money on that because there was a very, very heavy favorite in... If somebody, things, if somebody had told me that, I might have well, put I, money on it. I think I had it. tweeted out on it that out of, I had looked at the betting odds before it. Yeah, Rollins was the top favorite of anybody. Right. Second highest favorite was Sheamus. Okay. I, I, no, I was. I, I didn't even know if yeah. Sheamus was the favorite in that match. Yeah, that's a, let a, right. A lot of people would have said it was Ziggler. One to six odds right. against. Like that was crazy. Well, everything about giving Ryback that strap made sense. I explained why yep. it made sense last. I, I, I assume you've already listened, so you yes. don't need me to explain to you again why it was that giving Ryback the strap. Made n- so nice sense. little moment there with Daniel. You know, giving the belt over to Ryback and even more pops. I mean, it does, still it. does nothing for me. It still does zero for me because Ryback. But does appara- zero apparently, for me. But you're for whatever for, reason. Yeah, he's over. He's over. I, like I, don't, I don't know how this Big Show feud will go. You know, uh, probably not great. I, when was the last time a Big Show feud really uh, added anything to anyone? Yeah, th- you I keep mean, thinking I, on it. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the problem. But Big Show, he's always good in the heel roles, so we'll we'll see. You know, uh, yeah. I guess the last thing we have to touch on a little bit is the Divas division and what no. the hell I mean, are they doing? Isn't this the same question we've asked for the last three months? <laughs> this is. This is our thirteenth show. Out of Aaron. out of everything we've talked about, all the things we've ranted about about being like complete, completely uh, just stupid. Go back, just go back to out of all the things. <laughs> Hang on, uh, let me let me do it. I just yeah. 
out of all the stupid things that the WWE has done that we've ranted about, about stupid and illogical, making the Bellas faces for three weeks, having them cheat to win. And let me say this. Nikki and Brie Bella so do bad. not look alike. I, like, let, let's, let's ignore the obvious, you know, the, 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 the boobs. Bra- the yeah. boob. Let's yeah. ignore that joke for a second yeah. here. They do not have the same physique at all. They do not have the same hair color. They dye their hair differently at this point. And they weren't wearing the same gear. They do not look alike. This isn't even a, a you know, a jokey Kofi Xavier thing where they were at least wearing the same clothes. They do not look alike. And to have faces doing that makes no sense. It was ridiculous. It was the single most ridiculous thing I've the seen in wrestling in a while. The only thing I'll give them credit for is that they did the thing where they kept they kept her her boobs down, right? Like, but their hair doesn't look I, like. I, I hear you, but they at least like they. It appeared as though they were trying to acknowledge that a little bit with the way they had her enter the room. Right, and and, and like, <laughs> I agree, it's still a bit silly, but at least I think they were attempting Again, to. If, if, if the boobs were the only difference, I fine. Know, they don't look anything I alike know, anymore. Aaron, I know. And then there's a problem that their face is doing this. I, no, they're not. I mean, <laughs> well, they're not anything. None of these people are anything. Right. They just exist. Which, is, week week. which goes back to, again, it's so simple. Give us a reason to care. When you're trying to give Divas a chance, give us a reason it's to a care. a small amount of character like, development. Like, that's the thing. You, you don't have to go, give us one reason to care about them. That's uh, all, just one little thing. No doubt. All right, anything else? Is that good? Have we covered everything? We uh, oh, I, I do want to say that the Rusev segment was interesting uh, okay interesting I, I, I don't care for Lana and Dolph together not, neither That's do not I but j- just the the segment where he came out and was like they took everything from me yeah. I'm a broken man I am now the crushed one but I'm going to come back and he's and like get go, everything he's, he's like Toby Maguire in Spider-Man 3 gonna go sing it like a jazz club next right. or something <laughs> like that but here's the thing was that a face promo seemed like know, a face promo but it started a face promo and then you know, like the way that he, but but what he still said was just, "I'm going to get it back." You know, that's exactly ah. what a face was, and I don't think it was it was meant to be, but it was it was just a very odd I promo. Did, I did I'm not, not take exactly. It. I did not take it that way. No, I, take I don't, it I don't more think. Like, I don't think they're trying. When, when to I come back, thing. I'm going to go right back to killing everybody. You and, know, and, like, and, I'm and go yeah, right I, I guess to, if I, I feel like they just used, needed to use a, a little bit different terminology maybe, maybe. there. It was just it was it was an interesting promo, and you almost felt sympathetic for him at the end. Okay, that was that was the obvious. Okay, I could I could see that argument. Yeah. All right. Um, that it? We got everything? Yeah. Good deal. Graham Cawthon coming on next. That's right. Graham Cawthon. He's got the uh, book, Battleground Baltimore. It's all about uh, the history of professional wrestling here in Charm City. Again, this is Jobbing Out. It's brought to you by WrestleCrate. Go to WrestleCrate.com. It makes a great gift. 10% discount when you use the code JOSENTME. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and... Get your cash for nothing, cause there is no fee. Yep, that's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge to use their ATMs. We don't. Our ATMs are surcharge free, so you can always get... Cash for nothing, cause there is no fee. Anytime, at all Royal Farms ATMs. A bank or credit card fee may apply. Give your child the ultimate baseball camp experience this summer. At each week-long Ripken Experience Camp, players live and breathe baseball at the nation's finest youth complex. During each week-long camp, Ripken Baseball's elite coaches work alongside former major leaguers to provide an innovative instructional experience. And every camper gets decked out in the latest high-performance gear from Under Armour. Elevate your child's on-field potential with an unforgettable week at the Ripken Experience Aberdeen. 
powered by Under Armour. Register now at ripkinbaseball.com slash camps. Don't be the guy that has to call your mother-in-law like I've had to in the past and beg for a ride when something's wrong with your vehicle. Take it to First Choice Automotive in Joppa. 410-676-5552. Dave and Chrissy know your car is your life. Free loaner cars with major repairs. Free towing to and from at First Choice Automotive. 410-676-5552 on the web. FCAutomotive.com. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. My dad calls it snuff. Uncle Jimmy, he calls it chew. Most all the guys in my family use it, and I never thought much of it until one of them turned up with cancer. Doctor said he can get rid of it, but not without taking part of his jaw. So I really don't care what they call it. No way is it worth winding up with a hole in my face. Tobacco stops with me. Ready to quit? Call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fat heads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Segment number three, it is Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and this is really cool. We uh, do the show, of course, from Baltimore, and uh, Aaron writes for the Baltimore Sun, and I know we've got a, a, a large audience in Baltimore. I know it's not everybody that listens to the show is No, in it Baltimore. should be. Well, well no, yes. I, I think it should be everybody in Baltimore plus the rest of the Oh, country. what I'm saying yeah. is I yes. would prefer that all of our listeners be from Baltimore because I'm a nerd like that, and I don't like anyone else. But, no, it's not true. I appreciate it. We love everybody. Well, Aaron does anyway. Keep, keep downloading our podcast, please. Battleground Baltimore is the name of the book. You can go to thehistoryofwwe.com right now to find out more. How One Arena Changed Wrestling History. The author is Graham Cawthon, and he joins us now here on Jobbing Out. Graham, it's Glenn and Aaron. Thanks so much for taking the time for us, man. Thanks for having me on the show. I greatly appreciate it. We are, we are really geeked up about the book, and as we were talking about a little bit earlier in the show... For me, I'm geeked up because I'm the kid that's gone to the Baltimore Arena for three decades now. You know, like I've my entire life has been lived kind of at the Baltimore Arena, and I have so many memories. But I think for so many more people, it's this realization that this little dumpy barn that exists in Baltimore that you might not ever have any reason to go to or know anything about that has no professional sports of note. That you know, it, it's just this sort of, of of old gym happens to have been the home for so many significant moments throughout the history of professional wrestling. It's really interesting, and, and going all the way back to the early days of the WWF, we're talking triple WF, um, you've got DC right next door, and DC would get a lot more attention, and you know, uh, it's, it's arguably a bigger metro area, so they would get arguably bigger stars. But then over time, you start seeing Baltimore just... It's kind of inexplicable drawing so much more memorable moments there. And then, of course, into the 80s when you start seeing almost every top promotion start running that venue. 
and you really did not see that anywhere else in the country at that point. I mean, it's remarkable to think about um, as you talk. And boy, that's a great point. I feel like from there, though, that it has never gone away. There's never been a time where WWE sort of said, "Look, you know, we got other places we can go to. That we can go to nicer." And you mentioned DC. We can go to DC more often. We have clearly tremendous success in Philadelphia. There's other places we can go. You know, that they, they got suites in those buildings. They got other ways for us to make money when we go in there and sell tickets. We're just going to pass moving, th- moving forward. For whatever reason, um, I guess because of the passion of the fan base, because of the success of the area, they've continued to not only go, but they're, they're back to taking pay-per-views there and other major events. They are. They are. And in and, and working on this book, um, I, I've spoken with literally dozens of whether it be fans or talent or even folks behind the scenes, and was speaking with one person in particular who was working for the WWE just a few years ago, and he said internally, and this is kind of hilarious, internally they hate going there sure. <laughs> because of all the reasons you just said. But for everyone that grew up there, it's just, yes, it's a piece of crap, but it's our piece of crap. <laughs> I couldn't say it better myself, by the way, Graham. Let, let's rewind here. There are – obviously the first book on a specific venue you did was Madison Square Garden. That was a no-brainer. It's probably the, the biggest uh, you know, sports entertainment venue, if you will say, uh, in the country. But after that, you could have done a number of places. You could have done you know, something on the Sportatorium in Dallas. You could have done the Greensboro Coliseum in North Carolina. You could have done the ECW Arena. What made you pick specifically this arena? Well, and you brought up Greensboro. I'm actually in North Carolina, so I'm not even in the, the Baltimore, D.C. area, but I grew up a military kid, and so probably about half my life was in and around D.C. and that area, and my first shows ever were at the Cap Center. Um, I didn't actually go as a fan to the Baltimore Arena in probably 2002-ish or so, but just when I was a young fan, that seemed to be, whether it be going into Blockbuster and renting the VHS tapes or just watching the weekly television, it seemed to be this this kind of, like, not mythical along the same sense as MSG, because MSG was far away, and when you're a kid, that's just, you know, New York to to Virginia is, is you know, as close as in your head as, as Virginia to China. But Baltimore was kind of nearby, and they would actually have big, important things happen there. And so, you know, fast forward all this time, I just, I was always fascinated by the fact that it was a venue in which pretty much, like I said earlier, every top promotion would run, and you did not see that elsewhere. Um, in the 80s, you would see Crockett run the Meadowlands, you would see Crockett run the Nassau Coliseum, but very rarely, maybe once or twice a year. But they went to Baltimore every month. It's, it, it is remarkable. You're right about that. And they, they did so many important things there when they went. And, you know, I, I, I guess I was thinking about what's the most significant wrestling event that's ever happened in Baltimore. And I assume the answer has to be Ron Simmons, right? Like that, that's, that's got to be the one. Or is there something else that you would say, you know what? I, I know it's easy to say it that way, but don't forget about this. Oh, uh, don't forget about a lot of things. Um, it was really interesting, the, the stories that, that I would hear from people that uh, were regulars, would go all the time. And the one thing, thing was, was brought up a lot. Uh, so was the Crockett Cup. So was the 1988 Great American Bash. Um, those, those kind of inaugural events um, 
Baltimore had never seen an event like a Crockett Cup. I mean, the only the the only other time it was held in the same uh, city would have been the Superdome the year before, on the almost you know the other side of the country down in, in New Orleans, and um, so that brought up that drew fans from Philadelphia, that drew fans from from the New England states, and then the Grand and Bash was wait a minute we're getting a pay per view, and the Tower of Doom and Flair and Luger and and just every everything kind of uh, resonated. Everything became a talking point, and it didn't take long before Baltimore was a was kind of spoken about in the same terms uh, as, as an MSG or as a Greensboro Coliseum during that time period. Um, Crockett, Jim Crockett Promotions during the mid to late 80s, uh, they we're not doing great business always in Greensboro, especially, you know, toward the later end of the eighties and Baltimore kind of became their new hub. Um, is it the type of thing where it was just because it was the place where they went that these major events and, and, and moments would occur there? Because if you're going to go somewhere so often, inevitably there's going to be something like that. Or was it, do you think that it was specific that they chose Baltimore as the place for events like Ron Simmons winning the title. Do you feel like there was a specific reason why they wanted it to happen there? Well, it, it really goes back to probably late 83, early 84. And that's when, obviously, Vince McMahon uh, takes the reins of, of the WWF company from his dad and you know puts in Hogan as their top guy, and, and really you see a change in how that company is portrayed. At the same time, you you have fans that didn't necessarily want that. You had longtime WWF fans that didn't necessarily take to how the company was being positioned now, and they wanted to see harder edge wrestling. They wanted to see blood. They wanted to see guts, and it was an opportunity for uh, Gary Juster, who was a promoter, longtime promoter for uh, uh, wrestling promoter at that point to bring in Pro Wrestling USA, to bring in the AWA, to bring in Jim Crocker Promotions. And what they saw was everyone started doing well. It wasn't necessarily that, that the WWF saw a drop-off in attendance, but they would there would be times in which Crockett would kill them at the box office, but then there would be times in which the same, you know, both companies were drawing sellouts in the very same month. So you're talking about, you know, 25,000 fans in one month packing that place uh, over the over the span of, of two different shows. And I've come across that several times. He's Graham Cawthon. The book is Battleground Baltimore. He joins us here on Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark and Aaron Oster. Um, Graham, I guess now the, the question becomes, in this era of professional wrestling, and in this era where it's simply dominated by the WWE, obviously, they're the only promotion that really matters at the top right now. Um, can an arena still have the same impact? Look, we, we talk about cities like Chicago, Philadelphia. We know those places really matter. Like, when, when they go there, it really matters in those two places. But, but can it still happen? Can it still matter when you show up in Baltimore, when you show up in Cleveland, or when you show up in other places, or it's sort of much, sort of more like, look, there's there's MSG, there's Philly, there's Chicago, and everywhere else is sort of interchangeable to the common wrestling fan. I think you can, but I think the the landscape is obviously different. 
I think the arenas now in which you see different types of competition, different types of, of different companies come in and try to fill that place would be something along the lines of the East of Arena or would be something along the lines of the Hammerstein Ballroom. Um, those are kind of in an era now in which so many of the arenas, when you're watching television, so many of the arenas look the same and feel the same. Those smaller venues are the ones now that really, I think, have the, the personality that uh, really shone through back then. I got a question for you. Uh, early on, you know, obviously in the 80s and the 90s, it made sense when, when the Baltimore Arena was kind of a battleground arena for multiple companies. It would make sense to try to put some of your big moments there. However, even over the past five years, there have been a number of really big moments to happen at the Baltimore Arena. You have Daniel Bryan winning the World Heavyweight title for the first time. You have the Summer of Punk unofficially kicking off. You have the Wyatt family debuting there. What is it that you, you think, in your opinion, that uh, keeps these big moments happening in Baltimore? Well, I think part of it is just the, the legacy that's been built, uh, dating all the way back to Superstar Billy Graham beating Bruno for the title there back in 77, and then the King of the Rings. Actually, you know, the first ever Slammies were there. And it's just all these things that have happened over the years that um, whether the modern-day fan would know or not has really built a legacy within that venue. And I think some of the things that we've seen in recent years would have happened any, anywhere. But I think also some of the things that we've seen in recent years happened there kind of as a tip to the hat of, of everything that's been built up to this point. It's kind of like you go to an MSG now and something happens that's kind of memorable, well, it may have just happened because it's an MSG and they wanted to give the the, fan, the fans that have been going for so long a little extra something. You know what's odd about this, Graham, is that Baltimore has this incredible professional wrestling history without having a really great professional wrestler that's ever been from Baltimore. Um, and it's not that they haven't had you know guys that you know, either lived in Baltimore for a little while or, um, you know, had some success. I think of guys like Gilberg were from Baltimore. But, you know, Stacy Keebler, sure, but that's about it. I mean, th this, this tremendous history has not been based on you're there to support one person in particular because they're from uh, your city. And we've seen how much that's, you know, ratcheted up the passion. When you go to Canadian cities, they're just much more likely to get rowdy behind Canadian performers and, in Chicago, they would lose their mind over CM Punk in recent years. But it, it's never been like that in Baltimore. It's never been that it was so popular or so well attended because of one particular person that happened to be from the area. Right, right. I mean, Baltimore over the years historically, um, looking way past the modern era, is a city that gravitated toward Boba Brazil and gravitated toward Ron Garvin. And those were guys that maybe main evented more often in Baltimore than they would elsewhere just because they, they really clicked in that city. But, yeah, you're right. It's not a city like Philadelphia where, you know, a half a dozen guys or more could come out and get a hometown pop. He is Graham Cawthon. Again, the book is Battleground Baltimore, and you can find out more by going to the historyofwwe.com. And it's where the other books uh, are available as well to touch on some other things. Graham, would it be the same – because, look, we've been talking about a new arena in this city for a really long time. Would it be the same if they were to move into another building? Would it just be like, hey, it's still Baltimore, it's the same? Or, or is it kind of maybe a little bit about the, the charm of the old you know, piece of crap barn? 
I think that's a lot of the charm. I think it is. Um, you know, MSG over the years, we've had four of them, and they've had different locations. But the one that's there right now, it's been around for a long time, and it's kind of built up its own legacy, and it's the one that we all think of when we think of Madison Square Garden. Um, I think if we were to get a different venue, a, a more modern venue, it would take some time. But, you know, in 20, 30 years, we could have the same level of love for it as we do now for the Baltimore Arena. It just It wouldn't be overnight by any means. What were some of the favorite stories that, uh, you know, don't spoil everything that's in your book, but some of the favorite stories that you heard that might, you know, been the funniest ones or some that really genuinely surprised you when you heard them? Um, that's one thing about projects like this. You know, you go in with it with a certain amount of enthusiasm just because as a wrestling fan, you want to learn more about whatever this thing is. And then you come across just so many personal accounts of how this place or the events held in that place have, have resonated for people you've never met in person. Um, I'm trying to think of some good ones. You know, it would be like um, kids going during the mid-80s, you know, maybe their first show, and uh, they're standing outside the parking garage area hoping to meet someone, and they've got their Sergeant Slaughter poster with them hoping that he beats up the Iron Sheik, and they look down, and right in front of them, are those, you know, patented Iron Sheik boots, and they look up, and the Iron Sheik's standing right next to them. Hmm. And they expect the Iron Sheik to, you know, kick them or beat them or whatever, and Iron Sheik in his in his uh, trademark accent just goes, little boy, here with his dad, coming to watch some wrestling, good boy, good boy, and pats him <laughs> on the head and walks inside. That's cool, man. And I think, you know, I think we've heard a lot of stories over the years of, like, guys that just went out after the shows in Baltimore that you could, like, wander over to the Hard Rock. And I happen to know that Matt and Jeff Hardy would regularly just, like, be sitting there until 2 in the morning afterwards. And people would just sort of regularly go after that. And, and I've, I have I spoke with the person that actually set up those Hard Rock. There you go. There you go. It was actually shut down after a while because – too many of the the wrestlers were coming over, That's and it was funny. supposed to be a small little thing. Um, yeah, that that was one thing. Sabatino's was a yep. regular yep. for the Horsemen, and and I talked with folks that would go uh, when actually went both nights after the Crockett Cup, and was a little confused as to why Flair and Dusty are there drinking together. <laughs> <laughs> All that kind of stuff. Like this this doesn't make any sense. These guys, you know, Nikita would never break character, but. You know, some of the other guys would, and uh, yeah, it's just it's it's so fascinating to to you know figure out the culture that that people were living in back then, where they would have friends that would work along the Inner Harbor. They would tell them, "Oh yeah, you know, the Horsemen came in and Flair had ten women and Arn beat up five guys, and you never really knew if any of it was actually true." <laughs> it just kind of took on it just kind of took on a life of its own, and and it was just one of those things that. Um, it was probably overblown, but it makes for a good story. No doubt. No doubt about that. All right, again, Battleground Baltimore is the book, and go to the history of WWE.com. Go ahead, Aaron. I was, I was just going to say, you know, in addition to writing about your, uh, Baltimore, writing about Madison Square Garden, you're obviously a, a historian in wrestling. You're obviously a big fan of the product. What do you think of what we're seeing with Kevin Owens right now? We talked about it a lot, and you've seen a lot of this. You've seen the history. Have you ever seen something like this where a guy comes in, beats the top guy in his first match in the company, and how does that normally turn out? Um, I think maybe, I mean, the first comparison that comes to mind for me would be someone like Brock Lesnar back in 2002, where he comes in and 
He has Heyman as a mouthpiece, and he just tears through all these established names all the way up to The Rock. And that kind of, uh, that worked out well for him. Um, I think Owens has obviously put in many more years to this point than Brock did at that point. And um, I think the crowd has taken to him. I think the story that is set up at this point, which is basically John Cena is your time over, is pretty captivating. And I'll be really interested to see where that goes for the summer. But I think he's in a great spot. Um, What they need to worry about is not burning that out too quickly. But I think... I think to this point they have paid him such close attention and have done well by him to this point that I don't think they're going to, you know, give him six good weeks of television and and then leave him high and dry. I think they've got a plan for him. I wish they'd go with that story, by the way, Graham, because the storyline that they went with uh, this week where it was that you're not a man is not nearly as captivating as has John Cena's time come. Like, I mean, I'm with you on that. That would be far more interesting. All right. That's kind of how I how I write it to this point. Because when he took the mic on, on Sunday and said that, I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. And then uh, Monday, with their little face-off, you know, for whatever was said, and I thought both guys did a great promo, but that crowd wanted to see them go at it. And that's what you want to do as, as, a, as a company is build that tension. He is Graham Cawth. And Graham, can people follow you on Twitter anywhere? Absolutely. Um, on Twitter at the History of WWE, and uh, I'm very active during Rawls and pay-per-views, and usually do a, a contest or two, and, and like to interact with folks that way. And, and I'm guessing, considering you've got their name in your Twitter handle, that like they're, I mean, you're not working with them, but they don't appear to be against you. They're like, like not trying to. No, no, no. They they are very aware that I exist. Um, the website launched back in 2002. And over the years, I've had many interactions with, with people in various departments. Um, I think they kind of appreciate it because, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people over there that don't remember everything that happened on any random day back in 1986. So it's a, it's a cool frame of reference for everybody. Well, and I think it's something and, they're, they're trying to do. Like, you saw the T-shirts they did at Long Island. Like, I feel like they're maybe trying to, to get into the idea that, that there could be more – that they could do with this, that like they could acknowledge their own history a little bit, maybe. Oh, sure. There's, I mean, there's, there's money left on the table if they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody's uh, willing to come scoop that money up, I guess. In this case, <laughs> I, I think we're talking to the guy who is. Hey, Graham, I, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you for taking the time for joining us. We're looking forward to the book Battleground Baltimore, and we'll get everybody to go to the history of WWE.com. Cool stuff with Graham. Appreciate him coming on. And uh, again, Battleground Baltimore is the name of the book. We are winding down for episode 13 of Jobbing Out. Aaron, let's tell everybody one more time about WrestleCrate. Um, what a really cool thing and something that you now receive every month. You're not just a, uh, what did the guy from the Hair Club for Men once upon a time? I'm not just the spokesperson. There we go. I'm also a client. <laughs> WrestleCrate is for the wrestling fan in your life. A subscription to WrestleCrate is the perfect gift. Every month, a surprise package of wrestling goodies will appear at their front door with new items from Mattel, Funko, Fathead, Tops, and many more, all starting at $15 a month. Go to WrestleCrate.com to subscribe. And, of course, when you go, put in our code, J-O-SENTME, and you'll get a 10% discount on your monthly WrestleCrate. And don't forget, for this month, randomly selected, signed Jerry the King Lawler merchandise could show up in your box if you subscribe. Got to get signed up right now. Make sure you do it, WrestleCrate.com. All right, our quick count this week, just three topics that we want to address that we haven't had the chance to address yet. The first of one stems from the Stone Cold podcast, which returned 
on Monday night after we had some weird relations between WWE and Stone Cold and some rumors flying around. I guess everything's fine. Stone Cold shows back up on Monday night, although, again, I am convinced they're not actually at the arena when they do these things. Probably not, no. Um, Paul Heyman is the guest for the Stone Cold podcast, and they discussed a lot of things. The one thing that I thought was particularly interesting and was being discussed throughout the week was the pot. Heyman throws out the idea of a Lesnar-Austin match at WrestleMania 32, which, look, I mean, would be gangbusters. If the rumors are true that Vince is determined and would get angry if they don't entirely sell out Jerry World, well, that's the way you do it. I mean, <laughs> Stone Cold in Texas, I mean... Against Lesnar, I mean, I don't know if I buy it. I don't... Just because... It doesn't really make a ton of sense. Well, it, here's why it makes sense. Do you remember when Stone Cold walked away in yes. 2000? You remember why he walked away, right? Not really. I think we all just sort of assumed he walked away because of the knee injury. Uh, no, he walked away because... Uh, he was supposed to job for Brock Lesnar. He was, and he was supposed to job for Brock Lesnar on Raw. So, and he was, he didn't necessarily like the idea of dropping Brock Lesnar, but he especially didn't like the idea of it in a random match, no build to it. He's like, "This is money right. here. This is crazy. Why right. are you having me lose to Brock Lesnar without even a build to this? This is a money matchup right here." So he's like, "No, I'm, I'm not doing this. You can't make me. I'm leaving." And so, in that case, you go full circle here. That makes some sense. Okay, they'd have to really play that up. I mean, or have to... I, I think that, that would. I mean, you don't have to play anything up when no, it's Lesnar Austin. That, but like, you're just saying that because they're two guys with big names. I don't know that I buy that necessarily. It's Austin making his first. But why you have to and... tell me why it is these guys don't like each other? You have to get me to believe true, that true. they don't like each other. I mean, can't... but I mean, Austin cut a great promo right there. I hear you. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I think Austin. All it says is. You know, Lesnar saying he can beat everybody. He can be. He's not even going to be the best person in the state on Texas. I'm going to kick his. Uh, you know. All right. Here's fine. here's why I don't necessarily buy it. You know, his neck is still right. really screwed up. If he's going to have a return match, it's not. I mean, Lesnar. You're not going to have Lesnar throw him around if that's going to be his return match. I mean, I guess you could, but it would seem kind of crazy. But what would you want Austin back for? Real, and, and I mean that with all due respect to Steve Austin, who is one of the great performers in WWE. I mean, history. I just, and that's the thing is, I don't know. Like everyone talks about, talked about Austin Punk, and at one point he shot a, he did a shoot right. about and, uh, Punk, and just like he shot right here, you right. know. But that one was more unprovoked. I mean, he just sort of put out like a video where he he said, "Go brush your teeth, son." Like, I mean, it was right. very. It felt like he wanted. Right. To be involved with CM Punk in some way. Right. Like, it felt like that was what he wanted. I mean, I guess the real question here, more than, you know, is this match going to happen or whatever, is why is, besides just to kind of draw some buzz, especially on a WWE product, you know that some of this stuff had to have been run by Vince to an extent. Was that something that was planned beforehand and... If so, why do they throw it out there if it's not going to happen? Well, no, I think you throw it out there if you know it's not going to happen. Well, if you know it's going to happen, I think it's the wrong way to go about it. Okay, I see what you're saying. If you yeah. know it's not going to happen, you put it out there to get interest, right? Like, right. oh, my God, I'd love to see that happen. Right. Well, like, okay, that's great, but we know it's not going to happen. Right. We are, we've, we've already tried. It's just not. I mean, the, the one aspect he talks about, well, if this is going to happen, it's going to be a Texas death match. It's not going to be a Texas yeah, death probably match. Probably not. <laughs> I don't think Stone's Cold Steve Austin is going to be involved in a Texas death match. I mean, that being said, if if we're assuming that the Shield's battling over the title, right. don't have much for Lesnar to do, you could do a lot worse than Stone Cold. Look, I hear you. I just don't know that we really want to see a Stone Cold match at this point, right? Like, I feel like it's. 
I don't feel as though I have anything. The Sting thing was important because he had never wrestled in WWE, right? I feel like there'd be... Uh, having, I, having Austin go out by losing to The Rock feels right. Right. I just don't feel like we have anything that's left with Austin. When we talked to Kurt Angle a couple weeks ago, I mean this. I think we have something... There's a bad taste with Kurt Angle. Right. You, you that, don't want him to walk off the way he did. Right. We want one more Kurt Angle moment at WrestleMania. Right. I don't think that we have any feeling like that with no. Stone. They've already put him in the Hall of Fame... Put they, him in the Hall of Fame. A great last match. A great last WrestleMania match. He showed back up and done some other things. The, the GM stuff. Right. Yeah. Like I just feel like we're done with it. Yeah. I don't feel like we need anything more at this point. It's like the the talk that Shawn Michaels could still have another match in him. Right. No. <laughs> no. 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 Did it so no. Perfectly. See. See. That's the thing. Shawn Michaels. I want nothing to do with this. If you told me that was happening, while well, I'd be like, huh. Interesting. I'd also be like, oh my god, this is happening. Yeah. Maybe. I yeah. still. I just still don't need to see it. And by the way, it does come at an interesting time because there was also. Um, uh, yeah, Goldberg said that he had pitched the idea to Triple H of doing one more match. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, I'm in the same boat with Goldberg. I just don't. I, mean, I, I don't. I don't need it. I, and this is what happens. These guys get to a later point in their life where, like, they mellow and they're like, okay, well, now I, now I could change my mind. This is the problem. I'm, I'm out now. Right. I don't need it. I have no interest in what possibly could I want to see Bill Goldberg do at another WrestleMania at this point. Especially after the way the last WrestleMania right? like, went. I, just, there's nothing there for me. So, no, I'll, I'll pass on all of that. Uh, number two, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. I, it's amazing that he's in our show every single week well, now. And it's I because think of his contract. What's interesting about it is because we, we thought that he had rewritten the book. Remember, we talked yeah. to um, uh, your boy Moose last week from Ring of Honor. We were talking about a guy that, hey, he rewrote things. Like He yep. can do whatever he wants. He got a yep. contract where he can go, um, maybe, not. maybe not so much. Well, and... Question is it good? Is it not? So apparently the thing is, if if you believe what the stories are, that A, he did sign an exclusive contract. He was at Raw, he wrestled a dark match on Raw. Wrestled against Tyson Kidd and may have actually injured Tyson Kidd. We don't know about that. That's not good, but um was on Raw and signed an exclusive contract. The reason that Vince was so eager to get him under contract was because the merchandise they were selling was just absolutely off the charts, like the greatest piece of the greatest T-shirt they've ever sold, like faster than anybody else. And so he was like, "Whoa, we need to get this guy under contract." I'm sure the Ring of Honor going to Destination America doesn't help. Th- you know, didn't help things as far as being willing to let him go out there and uh, be uh, doing other independence. But it seems like they're ready to go with Samoa Joe. They're ready to push him. They gave him money. They gave him what he wanted to sign exclusively with WWE, and we're about to get to see the real Samoa Joe and WWE experience. Um, you know, I, I've got no beef with this. I guess it's just a little bit disappointing because you wanted to see how it was going to play out the other way. Like, you wanted to see what that was going to look like, how it was going to work, and if it could be a view into what right. performers could do in the future. So now we're going to kind of be robbed of that. At the same time, if that was the case, we weren't going to see Samoa Joe do his full potential in WWE. So Fair. I, you know, it's a trade-off there. No, you don't get to see him. He's probably, my guess, because he's going to be allowed to work the dates he's already booked uh, on the independent scene. My guess is that te- that match that was supposed to be on television for Ring of Honor still happens, but it's a non-televised match. It's going to be a special dark match for the people in New York, and we will get to do the Smash Wrestling and the AIW and everything else. But uh, I doubt he'll be showing up on Destination America. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, a pretty given fair. at this pretty point, fair. no doubt. And number three. I just, I, it's something I've been wanting to talk yeah. about here for a little bit. I enjoy Lucha Underground. Um, they just went completely off the rails. If, if anyone hasn't seen last week's episode, uh, cover your ears for the next minute. Because, you know, 
Lucha Underground has, you've always heard, I, I interviewed Brian Cage a few months back before he came to Maryland Championship Wrestling, and he talks about how Lucha Underground is a TV show that incorporates wrestling, not a wrestling show on television. And over the past few weeks, they've absolutely showed that they've gotten into this complete fantasy land where you have Mil Muertes, the man of a thousand deaths, who's literally the man of a thousand deaths and can be reincarnated, and not just reincarnated, but... He dies because his one version isn't good enough, so he comes back as this super powerful, awesome heel, which was, I mean, awesome, but again, it's kind of ridiculous. You have this cage monster that they've been teasing for the past couple months, literally a monster in a cage, and they killed a guy by basically feeding it to him this week. You've had a guy walking away from the temple, his name was uh, Drogo, and he, Drogon, and he turned into a dragon. Uh, literally turned into a dragon. So it's just, it's interesting how Lucha Underground, I don't think you can really call it a television show anymore, or not television, it is very much a television show. It's not really a wrestling show anymore. It has great wrestling, though. Johnny Mundo as a heel is great. <laughs> it's not really a wrestling show, but it's got some decent. No, I mean, right. it has great wrestling. Right. It's just not a wrestling show That's in fair. any form. That's fair. And you know what? Good for them. Good for them. It's something really, really different, but uh, it's not what I expected at all, and it's, it's, Absolutely batshit crazy, but it's fun to watch. All right. Well, I, you know. I, I just, I, I mean, come on. I just told you that a guy gets eaten on I'm a with show. You, man. You, you it's a big watch. Wa- but you, got, you almost have to watch it just I, to see what's going on. I hear you. I, right. I hear you. All right. Let's wrap up the show. We haven't done this in a few weeks. Uh, it's our top five. This week, it's again our top five just things that we like. Things that we like right now. Uh, it's somehow related to the WWE. Again, the, the, what's going on with the Lucha Underground, we're not going to include right, right. You know, anybody getting eaten by a shark or whatever the hell else is going on over there. Th- this, <laughs> this is just for WWE-related uh, things, WWE-related programming. It's five things that we just genuinely like. We do a lot of bitching, right, over yeah, the course of a yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do an awful lot of bitching. This is where we don't bitch anymore. It's just where we talk about the things that we're into. Things that we believe they're doing really well, the things that we enjoy. It's uh, therapeutic to, yes, to yes. present the other side of the story. Uh, Aaron, I'll let you start this week. What's your number five? All right, my number five, it's not something that I'm 100% in on, but I'm very curious about if they are going to go anywhere f- from it, and I could see big things from it. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we've talked about it. I'm a big Bo Dallas fan. So funny. Intense Bo Dallas is something that has me really, really intrigued. You have to let him win every now and then to do it. But, the uh, you know, he comes out on Raw, or, you know, on, on uh, Elimination Chamber. He has the new intense style there, yeah. uh, very different. He comes out on Raw, and he just he, does, he says one line and then throws the mic away instead of doing it. And, again, he shows that real intense side of him. You have to let him win, but I'm very interested to see where they could go with that. Just Bo Dallas being on television was my number five. Yeah. I, I want more Bo Dallas on TV. I don't think there was a problem with Bo Dallas's character at all. I, in fact, don't know why it is that they didn't go further with, with the character. I don't know what scared them about Bo Dallas. I don't understand it. Bo Dallas is great. Um, is it that you don't think that your fans are patient enough to deal with Bo Dallas? You can't have another guy with a long entrance and having to sell himself on the mic. You got three effing hours to kill. Yeah. I mean, we start with 30 minutes of just recapping what happened the last time out every week. There's plenty of places to take away time from to give more Bo Dallas time. So I'm, you know, I'm, I, I just like Bo Dallas being on television in general. Yep. And so he's my number five. You're number four. My number four. Uh, it's the New Day, but I'm putting a little bit of a twist on this, and it's okay. the New Day on Twitter. They, I don't know oh, if you follow I, them. I do not follow they them. They are fantastic. Biggie in particular, he, he put out this tweet last week, and he keeps going back to it a little bit. 
and he said, hey, guys, we, we've it's the greatest tweet ever. We've heard what you're saying. New Day socks are going to be available That's in the WWE good. Why don't they do that on TV? Damn that it. is fantastic. Fantastic. That is good. That, that is the great. Honestly, if they came up with New Day socks, I would probably buy it. Just I really am kind of pissed they didn't use that on TV. Damn it! It's amazing. Uh, they're much higher on my list. All right, we'll get to them. Number four for me is uh, this is just my and my weekly. Whenever we do this segment, you can be sure that at some point on this list you'll find J and J Security, who are just the best. Just the absolute. What, what they do this week, really? They didn't really do a lot this week, but, but, but they have. To I haven't done the list in a while, right? So it's sort of reflecting on everything they've done for the last few weeks. J and J Security are the most wonderful thing that's ever happened, ever, and so they just get a spot in the list no matter what. They're number four. Uh, my number three is Owens and that that match. I, I enjoyed that match. Uh, I do think there is some uh, a, a lot of talk from Jr. from Stone Cold from Heyman. You heard it on the podcast about whether that match became. You know, a little bit too spot heavy, and you know, you had Kevin Owens do a swanton bomb from the top and get a two count from it. But uh, I genuinely enjoyed that match. I enjoyed the promo. I enjoyed everything about Kevin Owens. And even though I am scared to death that they are really screwing him up, in the moment I enjoy him. Um, he's number two on my list. Okay, he's number. Yeah. Two. I I just think yep. that he's great. I really think that he's great. I think that he's he's fascinating. I like everything about him. My number three is the primetime players. I, I think we've already been through this. I like everything they're doing right now. I want more of the primetime players on my television at the moment. So your number two would be? My number two is uh, the authority, specifically Triple H. I thought he was fantastic this week, both him. And Stephanie was good, too, but I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And I really do think the product is better when they're around, when they're doing the Smarmy promos. They're just so good. And, uh, yeah. All right. Well, um, that means that my number one has to be the New Day. Okay. I just... I love them. Yeah. I love everything about them. I don't know what anyone can complain about when it comes to the New Day. They're my number one. Uh, my number one? It was your number two. My number one's the uh, primetime. Or, no, your number my three. My number three, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the primetime players. Titus looked better than he has ever. He was great. He was fantastic. And the thing that put it over the top for me, they finally listened. My pleas have been heard. And the primetime players' shirts are on oh, WWE right. shop yeah, yeah. right now. You're such a nerd. God, you're such a nerd. It's you're... fantastic. All right, very good. Hey, uh, thanks to Graham Cawthon for coming on, uh, telling us all about Battleground Baltimore. That's the new book. Uh, make sure you go check that out. Please, please, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Search Jobbing Out, and you will find uh, the four most recent episodes. Just click subscribe. Give us a like. Help us out in that way. Ask your friends to do the same, please. We beg of you. We just need uh, some good word out on uh, iTunes now that we are available there. Uh, support WrestleCrate. Again, as we told you over and over again, they uh, help make the show happen. We appreciate that. WrestleCrate.com. If you have any questions, at WrestleCrates on there Twitter. There you go, on Twitter. At WrestleCrates, right. It's at yes. WrestleCrates on Twitter. You can get in touch with them. Aaron, what's coming up at the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Oh, well, I actually just today finished up an interview with Jeff Jarrett that should be going up at Rolling Stone probably later this week, so keep your eye out on that. We talk a lot about Global Force, and even though he was quite shifty in some of his answers, we did get some answers as to what exactly Global Force is going to be. And uh, I'm going to have an interview coming up Maryland with uh, involving Maryland Championship Wrestling. Probably I'm working on uh, getting Tess Blanchard, the daughter of uh, Tully Blanchard. So All right. Hopefully we'll be getting that soon. Very cool. You can find uh, Aaron on Twitter, at the Oster. You can find me on Twitter, at Glenn Clark Radio. We really need to look into a, a, a show account. Yeah, we probably. We really need to probably. look into that at some point. We should hire an intern. We should. Who wants to be an intern? Jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Okay. 
All right, go find it. Uh, if you want to be an intern, email us again. Or Jobby. if you just have any questions, we we, we don't have any problems with the nah, mailbag. I don't bag. like I don't like answering questions. You can handle that. But uh, if you want to be an I'll intern, answer. I will answer questions. Yeah, in fact, I don't really want to answer the interns either. Okay, so you do all that. Jobbingoutshow at gmail dot com. All right, very good. Have a great week uh, for Aaron Oster and for our silent partner this week, AJ Francis. I am Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out.